This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, and you might be thinking to yourself, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Usually I'm being welcomed, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as Sean Anderson talks to you, but that's not the case today. Ricky Widmer here taking over for Sean and the fast break because... He's at Riot Fest, but I'm joined, as always, by Dave Oster. Hey, guys. And now, coming into the studio for this week, Mike Rankin. Hey, Sean. What's up? What's up? What's oh. up? What's up? Damn. Yes, we got a new member, guys. We got a new member. And for those of you on YouTube, hey, how's it going? You hey, guys YouTube. can see us. I'll forget about you in like this 10 week. minutes. Yeah, Dave will forget about the YouTubes in like 10 minutes. And then at the end of the show, I'll just stare at the camera. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, crap. That was on me the whole time while I picked so my So what are we doing? Talk basketball today? It. Yeah, we're going to talk a little uh, athletic division. This is unfamiliar territory. We're going to be yeah. looking at the Atlantic division, kind of going through each team. And then this week, we continue our weekly rankings, and we're going to look at some six men, which were... Yeah, it was pretty hard to rank these six men. Guys. It was difficult because, you know, with, with every other role, there was at least like a guideline, you know, mm-hmm. shooting guards, you could just look like at pure points scored, small forwards, had a little bit of everything, so you could count all their stats. But when we got to six men, it was like everybody kind of brings something different because it's not just one role. Six men isn't just your guard anymore. It's not, it's just not that way in the NBA. Well, and then through our entire rankings, we're going to get to it later, but as we went through each position, it kind of... Got that way, but let's start with our divisional preview. We looked through the first two divisions we had in the East and the West. Now we're back to the East, the Athletic Division, and I know what Sean usually has us do is he goes right through what the standings were last week, which winner all the way to the last, or last year. This week, I kind of want to change it up a little bit because, to me, there's some teams like the 76ers and the Knicks that some I want to hit Some truly polarizing first. teams. And I want to start with the Knicks, and it's not just because they take so Are we going with their our... future first-place teams and going going down? Maybe. Because the you, Knicks you are could, the best team yeah, in the conference, You could take right? this. I mean, they are, they are a Gross super team. So. Are they, though? They are a super team, but they get Derrick Rose. Super team. They get Joakim Noah. They make the trade with the Bulls. That's how Rose got there. But what can we expect from the Knicks this season? with Jeff Hornacek and everything that they added. I'm really looking forward to this New York Knicks team, Dave and Ricky, because really our boy, our hometown boy, Derrick Rose. Is, Good thing he's gone. Is really, you know what? Good he was, thing he's gone. Get out of here. During his time with Chicago, obviously there were some changes and some obviously some bad things that went down, especially within his own camp. And we don't have to get into that. You know, we're Chicago homers here, so mm-hmm. we've talked about it enough. He'll be injured but after he's, 20 games. Yeah, well, nobody can predict that, but with Derrick Rose, it's probably increased 20% that mm-hmm. he will get injured because mm-hmm. he's Derrick Rose. But as a New York Nick now, he's got one more year left before he expects to be a max-paid contract. Oh, right? absolutely. And he's going he's gonna to play for it, obviously, and he feels that this New York Knicks team is legitimate, and rightfully so. And if you're playing alongside a guy like Carmelo Anthony, anything can happen. So I'm really looking forward to this team. Especially a healthy Joaquin Mo, I think they bring he brings specifically a lot more than what Robin Lopez did to them last season. So, you know what? Absolutely. Derrick Rose says he can win every game. Let's see it happen. Let's see it happen. I mean, in theory, you have a chance to win every game you play. And right, that's what he meant. <laughs> um, that's what he meant. I don't know if I'm believing that, though, for Derrick Rose. Look, this is a team that is loaded. Like They have a lot of good talent on their team. But it's going to come down to fit and unselfish play. Mm-hmm. And they got the right guy for unselfish play with Joe Kim Noah. They got him at the five. He's going to be able to distribute out. He'll just soak up rebounds. I pray to God he just doesn't shoot. You know, I think that's best for everybody. Well, that's Porzingis' that. job. Exactly. You've got you've got you the, don't want to see the, the two kind of like fling. Yeah. The, the fling. No, no. I think I think he'll distribute out to Porzingis and Mello, and he'll be good for that. The the real question here is, is Derek Rose going to have the ball in his hands more, or will Carmelo Anthony? I mean, it's. I feel like this is you know this is Carmelo's town. This is his team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Derrick Rose, like you mentioned, he's going to play for that max contract. I feel like he's going to pull a little extra on there, try to get control and try to have this team run through and him. You know what? Too with Derrick Rose, we saw a little bit of like the former Derrick Rose last year in Chicago. Mm-hmm. There were there were highlights. I loved it. Absolutely. Too. So that and really that was his first kind of full healthy season. You know, it, it, so if he can put together sixty. 65, maybe even 70. 70. My God, if he can put together 70 games this year, he's going to be a productive player. I just look at it and I go, hey, you know what? I mean, Derrick Rose, Carmelo Anthony, Dave, you kind of touched on this. I look at it and go, of course you're sitting there going, well, this is Melo's team. Mm -hmm. You're stupid if you think otherwise. But when it comes down to crunch time, who's taking the final shot? 
Is it going to be a little bit of, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's give, Joe. We give it yes. to Joe. It's Joe's time. But is it going to be a mellow, hey, you know what? This is my team. I want the ball. I want to win it. Or is Derrick Rose going to be like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I can do that too. Isn't Derek Rose take it. on final shots shooting over fifty percent and with the game on the line or something? He's pretty he has, good, he has especially against Cleveland. Unfortunately, especially he, against Cleveland. Yeah, unfortunately, outside of that final shot, think, he is uh, not an efficient player. No, no, and really, like for a time, uh, there were pro basketball rankings saying that he was the least productive point guard among the starters in the NBA, which makes him the worst point guard in the NBA. But he's obviously not. His talent justifies the fact that he's not the worst yeah. point guard in the NBA. But the well, problem- he's a scoring. Like, Absolutely. The thing is, he's a scoring point guard, and I feel like the Knicks, a fit, like, when it comes to fit-wise, what would work with them better is a point guard who's not pass-first, but kind of... Aggressive. Very aggressive. Passing more than, I'm going to take it to the hole Well, and here's score. the thing, too, and that's when we were touching on this final shot conversation. Mm-hmm. It's a good problem to have when you have... Carmelo Anthony and Derrick Rose on your yeah. team. I don't know. There, there's another team out there who had a couple of guys who should have been fighting over the final shot. And that, uh, that talking cost OKC? Yeah, I'm talking OKC. <laughs> that cost him in the Western Conference Finals. So I don't necessarily know if that's a good problem to have. I think when it comes down to it, you need to have your one go-to guy. I mean, maybe you can make certain plays for different mm-hmm. guys off inbounds or like last second like screens and shit like that. But I think this is still Carmelo's team. I think he's still going to be the pivot point. Mm-hmm. He, he He's yeah. their go-to guy. But, you know, the one thing I did like that this Knicks team did this offseason was pick up Brandon James as the backup to Derrick Rose, a contingency plan for them. Well, and just not even that, just a good kind of option to be, and we're talking about him later, six man off the bench for this team. No doubt. Dave, you said, should he need to stamp up due to injury? Yeah, due to and due to an it's ACL not a, it's not a big and change in play style, mm-hmm. and it's not and like that's the thing. But I just look at this team and I go, maybe it would it would help you more to have that guy who is going to be more of a not necessarily all passer, but I can assist as well as score if I need to. But I want to move into a team that on the other side of this division, total upside. And that's the Philadelphia 76ers. Wow, the, I can't believe the fact you just no-showed Porzingis well, in the Knicks conversation. I wanted, I was I was going to bring it in because with the Knicks, the upside is Porzingis. Porzingod, as I usually call him, if you're new to the fast break. I think Porzingis, it's just going to be, get to, like, with him, it's going to be simple. Get to work. He's going to improve this season. Yeah. We're going to see, okay, he's going to, like, he's the guy. He's going to be very productive like, this year. It's not going to be anything where it's... I kind of want to say, oh, it's not going to be flashy, but it will when he gets but, in there and gets some blocks. But when you have Derrick Rose and Carl Anthony fighting for the number one, number two, now Porzingis is your three, where last year he was sure. your two. Sure. So now he's going to see maybe a smaller role in this offense? I think the front court's going to be fine because him and Joe are going to yeah, mesh not, because Joe's yeah. an energy guy and isn't that like that big ego kind of a guy. And really, so him and Joe will mesh. Really, Joakim Noah, too, will give you second chance opportunities, and Porzingis mm-hmm. will clean it up on the boards himself. But he's yeah. You said he's their third option, but in that front court, he is their scoring threat. Yeah, so I think he'll Absol- be fine. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, low, no question about it. Down low, he's the number one. Joe's the defense, more of the defensive guy. But Porzingis, you can't knock on his defense. No, either. no, he's got he'll, reach on everybody. He'll get up there and swat it down. But I mean, the Sixers though, with the potential, I'm talking about with them. Number one pick in Brandon Ingram, trust in the process. Looks like it's finally going to pay off. You got Joel Embiid looking Huge. like he may come back. We were all talking in the offseason, well, do they trade Ja? Do they trade Noel? Well, they kept them both, and they got this loaded front court. I'm going to start there in the front court. Who, If you are the head coach of the Sixers, putting you in those shoes, who are you starting game one at the four and the five? At Embiid, Noel, and Ja. Now, you may think I'm crazy here, but I would go Nerlens and Joel. I think Even Ja. Though you love. I love Ja. He's a scoring monster. <laughs> but you love Embiid more. But I love Embiid more. <laughs> Look, this guy was taken number what three overall due to his injuries. Mm-hmm. Had he not had that injury, he was overwhelmingly one, mm-hmm. not even close. Because he has the potential to do crazy things. He has flashes of what we had seen in Hakeem Olajuwon. He has flashes of what we saw in Shaq. He has all-time great qualities and. Due to his health concerns, we haven't got to see him play a single game in the NBA. And this is finally the year. The hype is real. He's grown. He's gotten stronger. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten faster. His offseason, uh, like Instagram, his highlights, 
the vines, everything you see of him is just dominating, and he looks so good. Yeah, and I want okay. that to be Dave's true. On, Dave's on the MB hype train. Absolutely, I, I believe in the hype. I want to see him. <laughs> well, play. you look at the only two guys drafted ahead of him: Andrew Wiggins, who's going to have a pretty good year with the Timberwolves. Yeah, he, he, some say he's pretty good. I would love to have him on the Bulls. Year, and yeah. then Jabari Parker, who looked good to head oh. injury, and now it's like, can you come back from that yes. injury successfully yeah. and continue I mean, both, your both career? Both of them are good, but yeah. Embiid is a guy who could be a generational talent, mm-hmm. barring health. Don't don't forget who the Sixers also got. I want to say, if I do the math, nine picks later in that draft, a uh, guy who's just coming over from overseas, Dave? Oh, uh, Dario Little Saric. Dario Saric, <laughs> who uh, he's going to be coming over as well. Same draft class. He is a utility knife for them. Look, he he has the ability to play uh, as a distributor, as a scorer, rebounder. Like, he kind of fits that mold, and I don't see him taking over. I see him being a great fit for whatever they mm-hmm. need him to do. He is their Swiss Army knife. But do we think that he's going to, like, how many minutes? See, that's the thing with Dario. How they, many they've got minutes? a lot of guys in this roster. I don't know how well, they're going to balance minutes. I look at, and you guys may hate us because of our rankings for it, but I use the real GM as kind of the base for the depth charts in the NBA. And right now they got Saric as like a limited playing time guy. Yeah. However, which is a flat out lie. You, you look at their <laughs> what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven guys they have in limited playing time. How much time do we think Saric or Dario? I almost said Sario. Dario <laughs> is going to play off the bench because he's not going to start day one. I'm I'm looking at the Sixers team, and just to answer your question real quick, mm-hmm. um, I would go with Okafor and Noel to start, but Embiid's gonna he's gonna eventually overtake that that starting spot, whether it's a power forward or center. I don't know if he's built more as a center. He he is built as a center, but again, he can do everything. Right. That's okay. his shot from the outside. So he's gonna find plenty of minutes. Um yeah. a guy I'm looking at is Timothy Luau. Like this 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 player I I thought well, it was the twentieth pick mm-hmm. so they had what, two first round picks? They had picks? two first rounds, yep. yeah. And I think they nailed it. I think they absolutely nailed it. And you're right, Dave this team has a ton of depth, and they're going to have to mix and match with their minutes. They're going to like average what, like twenty minutes a player in order to get every guy out there on the floor. I mean, at this at this point, you're the Sixers. You just you just play guys, and then you exactly. figure it out. And then once you figure it out, you have your set. That, that's eight. how they find the guys. They're going to trade away for value. Sure. You give them all the minutes, sure, and then you get good value for them. Mm-hmm. But, I think oh. what me what I'm looking I'm looking at this team right now, and I'm telling you this will probably happen. Mm-hmm. We talked about it, and I want to say it was our shooting guard ranking video of Nick Stauskas, not that good of a shooting guard. What I think is eventually going to happen this season is, oh, we started Ben Simmons off at the three. You know what? He's basically like a LeBron. He can play the point. He can play here. He can play this. Ben Simmons. We're going to move him to the two. Didn't even look at him. And then we're going to have either um, Timothy or Dario step up and be that three. Yeah, this Sixers team is impressive. Or, I mean, I'm very excited about say, this. Team. I don't know what impressive, but they're they going to be fun they, to in terms watch, of on pa- they could you, you look they're at the versatile. talent on paper. They're versatile yeah. in their mixes and matches because they could also do. Let's say it's like you know what we want to go big lineup out there, kind of like what we saw uh, teams do against the Warriors. They could say, "Fuck it, we're going to go Bayless as our point guard, then Simmons at the two, Nerlens at the three, then John Embiid down low." I want to call your bullshit though. Ben Simmons can't play the two. The man has no shot. He ha- He's just a shit shooter. Then put him at the one. I'm, put I'm, Bayless at the well, that, two. That's the thing. I'm just, the thing is that you, shooting guard is a weak. Like Henderson, to me, Henderson is better than Stauskas. Stauskas stretches the floor better than Henderson. Maybe, that's the thing. Maybe you put, well, they have too many bigs, Timothy so they, there they, they're too. crowding the paint. Because Timothy's a better shooter I, than Ben and Simmons. I would absolutely agree with that. I, I think Ben Simmons, like you said, he the best case scenario is you are a LeBron-style player, mm-hmm. Giannis-style player. With, where, the, with the passing of Magic Johnson, correct, it seems. Correct. So, I I, I want to believe that, but his shot is so rough. He needs mm-hmm. to work on that. His passing, the team needs to catch up to him yeah. on how how to react to his passing because well, he's like two steps ahead of everybody and, else in that team. And they'll get that the more they play exactly. with him. Yeah, yeah. That's, like it'll I'm with be you on one that, of those but, things where it's like you'll just expect that pass coming because you're used to right. it. So it much. It's just the space on the floor is my concern mm-hmm. for this team because, like you said, they've got so many bigs. And you need somebody like Nick Stauskas out there who can stretch the floor. Someone, someone like Timothy who can stretch the floor out. And Dario, same thing. Because you can't roll Nerlens and Ja. And we saw the deficit of having them play next to each other. And it's just so crowded down low. Mm-hmm. And then we're talking about, oh, well, we, we need to make time for Embiid down there. Embiid can 
get a little bit further away from the basket than uh, Ja can. Nerlens is developing a shot. Look, this team has so much potential. Oh, like, yeah. It's just potential. That's all they are right now. I know this is more of an end of this kind of a segment discussion, but I'm going to throw this question out anyways just for the Sixers. Where do you guys think they finish? Like, right now, what are you feeling? Above are they Brooklyn. a last? Are they I above think above Brooklyn? Brooklyn is the expectation. Are they third? Could we see them maybe no. go above <laughs> a New York team? No. No. Maybe no. I don't think they're there yet. But I down? think they're definitely better than 10 wins. And that's yeah. That's, that goes without saying. I don't Barring know, man. some horrifying injury. Yeah, they're definitely a better team than Brooklyn. You know, as a Bulls fan who would love to see the Bulls go younger and more athletic, which they didn't, uh, I look at the Sixers team, and this is something to be very excited about if as you're a As you can't fan. tell, Rankins is still a little salty about that. A lot of salty. <laughs> so. but, but let's be honest. Uh, the, the big question is, when is the process worth it? Because we watched the Sixers I be think so terrible. We, we went from a playoff it. team. you got to remember, this was a playoff mm-hmm. team just five years ago? Yeah. Yeah. Five, five, six years well, ago. I, it and was Derrick Rose's injury. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they've they emptied house. They've turned over. They've been a miserably god-awful, terrible, yeah. unable the, to watch trust team. trust in the process, man. Uh, my, the minus process. the highlights of Ish mm-hmm. and it was uh, the former rookie bit. of the well, year. And that's why this year to me with the Sixers, I think you need to see you need to see some type of a push Forward, it can't be a in that win column. Di- yeah, it's not like it can't be. We're a dismal team. We're going to be a top three pick again because then the process is failing you. Even though do you, you got a Ben Simmons, do you think one of their bigs is gone by the end of this year? I was going to throw that out there. Maybe like it depends on how Okafor. they play. It's either going to be Okafor or Embiid because those two take up the same. Like no, I know Embiid's all hit- around. The problem is his health and Okafor. Yeah. Well, healthy questionably defensive. So I feel like Nerlens is a safe guy because he's, he's a defensive vet, stud. He's the vet of And he's three. efficient. Yeah. But meanwhile, you have Ja, who, I mean, all-time scoring monster down mm-hmm. low, and he's he's like 20. I mean, he, he's an absolute stud in the paint. But I, I just don't know if that's how they want to build around. But can they trust a guy like mm-hmm. Joel Embiid, who hasn't been there healthy for them? So I feel like they're going to they're, they're gonna hold on to everybody. This is going to be awful. Well, and we're going to move on. The next team I kind of wanted to throw out there was a team that they didn't get the guy they wanted in Kevin Durant, but they still got a pretty big free agent signing in Al Horford for the Boston Celtics. And this first thing we're just going to talk about them is plain and simple. Based on what the moves that they made in the draft, getting Jalen Brown, mm-hmm. and then they got DJ from Notre Dame, kind of a guard to play. They got Ben Bentel later in the second, and then getting Al Horford, their kind of big yeah. free agent signing. Yeah. Do you think the Celtics have any chance of overtaking the Raptors for number one in the Atlantic? That's a good question. Uh, and I'm going to say no. Because I think that Toronto this year is... Got better. They lost Bismack. They're still... <laughs> oh, my God. Just dropping it on them. No, I think I think Toronto has such a nice, healthy balance within their starting mm-hmm. five where they can just beat you in several different facets of the game. Mm-hmm. But in, in Boston, I'm, I'm kind of... I don't know. They had a lot of draft picks this this year. A lot. And they took they decided on Jalen Brown. They obviously saw something in Brown to take him over Chris Dunn because I, I figured, still I still don't know why they didn't I figured the pick. Chris Dunn was their was their guy. Was the guy it's, it's hard third. to draft a point guard when you have an all star point guard on your team. You have two already. Right. Marcus Smart's not terrible, but he's not Isaiah Mar- Thomas. Marcus Smart is the defensive stopper. Yeah. I mean he, he he brings something special. He's a specialist. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You have an all star and then you have a specialist you can yeah. bring in behind him to cover so those what, you're situations. You're going to bring in another guy who's probably going to be he's potential. Just gonna, to be he's just going to jump all-star. Marcus Smart and fight Isaiah Thomas for that right. starting job, but really you wouldn't do that, and you'd just say, no, you're going to be the backup behind him, yeah. which wouldn't sit well with him. I don't know why they didn't try to make a trade. I know the biggest I think they one— did tr- they tried. I, I don't know why they didn't pull a trade. I would have pulled the trigger yeah. on something. I know that it's kind of like you're probably sitting there watching or listening saying, well, Ricky, you weren't in the war room. You don't know what the exact— details and what was being said was out there. I know the horseshit details that got leaked were wrong. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, oh, smart move, Boston. Keep the pick. They mm-hmm. were asking too much. I, But Jalen Brown, it's a with him, I feel like it's a huge potential kind of a pick. Oh, yeah. It's he, a he has all swing the physical pick. needs to be a superstar in this league. But he's got so much room to grow. And I, I wonder what kind of timeline they're working on. 
because you have an all-star in Isaiah Thomas. Yep. You have Avery, Brad- Avery Bradley nice compliment. and Jay Crowder, who together are, are one of the best mm-hmm. tandems defensively that you could put out there. So you start to wonder, like, mm, and they picked up Al Horford now. And I, I just kind of go, I don't know when your timeline is because Jalen Brown, you're, year one, he's going to be inefficient. His, his money is coming at the line. Mm-hmm. The man drives to the paint. He, he, is a, he is very good at that. Because of his athleticism, he's got bursts of speed. He's got to build up his strength because NBA centers, NBA power forwards will be able to bully him a little bit better than college league, obviously. But sure. look, it, I see him as like two, three years down being a very, very good player. But in two to three years, are you still going to have Al Horford's past his prime at that point? Isaiah Thomas, you're going to have to pay mm-hmm. out a huge contract to if you want to keep him. I just don't know what that turns this team into and, when they're going to compete for a championship. And this kind of thinks to me, talking about like this draft pick and stuff, this is the flip side from basketball to football. Football, you can draft a guy, you know what? Plug him in right away. You're, you, well, you can plug him in right away, but let's say it's a quarterback like a Jared Goff. You know what? Yeah, yeah right. Sit, or like an Aaron well, Rodgers. That's... Sit two years. Sure. Because you have so many people on that team, yeah. whereas basketball, it's like you could say, oh, well, we're going to use you in limited playing time. But then it becomes there's so there's so many less roster exactly. spots that you have to contribute more exactly. your first year. I mean, I, I think they want to throw him out there. You got to dump him in the deep end right off the bat mm-hmm. because if you don't, then you're delaying his growth. Like, and so you're kind of in that mix because if you, I'm going back to football. You look at Carr when mm-hmm. the Texans started as a franchise, the man was murdered. Like he had no chance of becoming a successful NFL quarterback because mm-hmm. he was put in such a shit situation. Thankfully, Jalen Brown is on a team who is a playoff contender. Absolutely, top four at least. So early in the season, I could see him getting some good minutes, and then it's going to depend on how well he fits on that team, how well he grows. If he's going to see playing time at the end of the season and then in the playoffs, he's going to probably have a much more limited role unless he really comes out swinging. What do we see overall for this team? I know I asked you guys, can they overtake the Raptors, but Mm -hmm. they were kind of middle of the pack, I want to say. In the Eastern Conference, I was a buyer on the Celtics last year. I thought they were going to go all the way, are or at ma- least the Eastern Conference are they, Finals. Are they making a push this year now with Al Horford? You know Is what? Jalen Brown going to do something? It, take me through your crystal ball at the yeah. end of the year playoff time. What sure. are we talking about with the Celtics? I think their backcourt keeps them extremely competitive, especially Isaiah Thomas is able to win games on his own. But I really mm-hmm. like their depth within the center and their and their power forward position. Al Horford and Kelly Olynyk. We talk about our our six man rankings. Olynyk's in there. Yeah, we're gonna get to those. Absolutely, yeah, great. So defensively, he I, he is an really, annoyance. Down I really, low. I talked about a healthy balance in their starting five within the Raptors. This this Boston Celtics team can beat you in several mm-hmm. different ways. And when you have a when you have an All Star and Isaiah Thomas leading the way, anything can happen. And the, before the concern we, though with Isaiah is is he going to live up again this year? Was last year a fluke? Is it going to be a sophomore slump type season? Is that it's what not we're a sophomore, to? but you know, but you know what I mean. Like last yeah. year was the breakout season. Now it's kind of like right, that and that's sophomore my concern. Slump. Yeah, I I don't know if it's going to be a sophomore slump. Got to use the air quotes there. Since he's been in the league for a couple of years. Yeah. To me, I I just I mean I look at this. I look at the team that they're probably going to go up against Cavs? in the, no, in the just them and, and them divisionally, the Raptors. Right. That's who they're going to fight for for number one in this division. You got Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan still staying around. Smart Carroll. There. De- Carroll is still there. You got Valachunas coming back healthy after getting injured in the playoffs. And I like what they did bench-wise. I mean, yeah, y- y- you did the smart move Toronto by not giving Bismack Biombo the money that he wanted. You let Orlando take that. Good job on you. And then you went in the draft and got a guy that I loved, and I love him for his defense, a Yaka Pirtle, that yep. you can go ahead and plug in there and say, hey, you know what? You can go and be the Bismack guy right behind Valachunas. I think the Raptors are they are still my favorite to win the Atlantic. Yeah. I think Boston's going to be there right behind them. And then everyone else is kind of like a crapshoot. It's like, is are the Knicks going to take that next step? What are we going to see from the Sixers? Right. And then the Nets are so kind of there. the NBA is trying to focus more on winning the division, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right in terms of playoff no, they're, seating? No, they're trying to get the division Opposite. out of there. They're trying to get rid of okay. divisions yeah. entirely. There, I, I know there was something going on within the Because, no. like, honestly— As the, of right now, division division champions don't mean anything. So that doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense to me. It's just how you are in the top eight yep. teams get in. 
Well, regardless, this I still think the Toronto Raptors are the team to beat in that conference, but or in, the, in that division specifically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Kyle Lowry slowly developing into my favorite player in the NBA. I said this before the podcast. He slowly developed in the NBA too. Yeah, and it took him a while. Thirty years old, right? Now. <laughs> it took him a while, right? But no, he's taking, especially he's taking huge strides, especially last season. And Demar Derozan is a nice compliment at shooting guard, lockdown shooter. Was he were averaged twenty four points last season? That's really nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he, he he is a stud right now, and he probably, if he continues on this pace, is probably go down as one of the greatest Toronto Raptors ever. I mean, he made a statement this offseason, re-signing with Toronto instead of going to LA, because he's like, you know what, I want to make my impact here. I want to be the guy in Toronto. And across, I, you mentioned earlier, and it's this starting five, the versatility they offer, because they do have that one-two punch in DeMar and Kyle, but then they have the defensive presence of Damari Carroll. If he's healthy, he he did some amazing things for Atlanta, and I feel like his impact here has been sort of limited due to the system, but I think he's going to find his way to be a shut-down small forward again. Patrick Patterson, Patterson, ugh, I don't know why I can't talk. We should call player. Patrick Peterson like I like <laughs> I know. to do NFL I almost style. did. I wanted to up here. It was going. <laughs> I think he and Jared Sollinger are going to kind of fight for that role. They're going to play back and forth, probably similar minutes. Uh, yep. But... Really, it comes down to Will Valanciunas break out this year. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be that dependable big who they can just dump to in the paint and he can start taking over games, or are they still just going to be a backcourt team? I think that in the front court point, for Dave. them, in the front court for them, I think that Valanciunas will be fine. I think eventually we see Patterson get taken out of that starting role and get replaced with the new guy they brought in from Boston, Jared Sollinger. Well, Sollinger's yeah. a productive big. So. I think he's going he's gonna to come in. It was a good in. off-season signing. I, I if you're give talking about you want production outside of the backcourt, you got to start Sollinger at some mm-hmm. point. I, I think he's going to eventually overtake overtake Patterson for that starting role, and then we're going to see. Well, and that's the big thing of do we throw Sollinger out there with Damari Carroll, or is it going to be a kind of switch or swap where it's when Carroll's not out there, we have Sollinger out there to kind of keep that big body yeah. defensive game It's possible. There. They, they've got options, which is one of the best things you can have I mean, when Terrence it comes Ross to matchups. No, Terrace Ross is no pushover. He's no slouch. Yeah, and no. I mean, the guys they have young, I mean, these are guys that could develop, like I said, I like Pirtle. I think he's going to oh, yeah. get a he, ton of minutes. Year one, he can get you like eight and six. But like, I like Jared Utah from Iowa. Fred Van Vliet, that's Really, I just liked Wichita I State. I think he's going to be a D leaguer. Yeah, it, <laughs> no but the offense. guy, but the guy right above him that they took two drafts ago that I wanted the Bulls to take out of Utah, I believe, Delon Wright. Can DeLon he Wright. develop into anything? Because I know they've got Corey Joseph right now in front of him to be right behind Lowry. No, I think Delon Wright has a chance, but it really depends on how quickly Toronto gets rolling. If they start getting ahead of teams quickly. Then you're gonna see more time out of the bench players, kind of like uh, we saw at the Warriors when they started blowing teams out. It was it was time for the bench mob to come in. You don't you don't leave your stars out there. Mm-hmm. And I think knowing how good they're gonna be this year, they might take a little bit more of a uh, precautious approach to this, or cautious approach to this, and bring you know Demar and Kyle's playing time down a little bit. As long as they can still manage to stay at the top mm-hmm. of that division, I think they're gonna play a little smarter this year. Are the Raptors? The second best team in the East. I was just going to throw it out there. That's a good I was question. Say, before we go, before we go to the Nets. Last year, the we Raptors, basement buddy, the know. Raptors were number two. Last year, only a game behind Cleveland. I was going to throw out this: Is this the year Toronto overtakes Cleveland for a number one seed going into the playoffs? You know, it was I only one. Know. It was only one game last year. Yeah, it's a, okay. Not not to depreciate this conversation at all, but it's like regular season, how much does it matter? It really doesn't. And it really does. As long as you make it to the dance. Well, the only thing that I think it matters for is it's, I do agree with Actually, you. Actually, like, because home that's court. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. if I'm if I'm meeting we, Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals, I want a chance to have possible four home games. Well, in what, the North, I mean, shit, that place went crazy King last of the North, year. Well, we saw <laughs> finally Toronto overcoming that mm-hmm. huge... You know, burden on their shoulders, not being able to get out of the first round. They should have almost lost the Pacers. They almost blew it. Should have. They should have. They almost blew it. But look, I I think you guys are maybe maybe taking a backseat on this Knicks team. I think they're dangerous. And I think this Knicks team has a chance to go past (laughs) both the Celtics and Toronto to be the number two in the East. Ooh, I'll say it. 
They got a chance. I, I don't know. I think the if Knicks, you get an all-star year out of Derrick Rose, <laughs> I think the Knicks can be a five. The old, they need they need a contract like what? year type. Derrick of... Rose goes goes back to what he we saw last year. Even if you get exactly what you saw last year, healthy for not, seventy games. I'm just not, like he's a stud. Dave, you have Dave, Carmelo Dave, Anthony Dave, and Dave, Porzingis. Dave, Dave, Dave. Come on. I'm not like the play, <laughs> the playoff thing for the Knicks. I'm not too like that's not too crazy because really for me. For just the seven and eight, no, they'll make the playoffs. I think that there are teams like the Bulls, depending on how they yeah. play. But I'm not really confident. Jesus Christ, the Wizards, if oh, they could yeah. have if both feels their healthy. both their backcourt guys out there. Orlando, let's see what they do. The Bucks, maybe, and the Knicks. That's five teams. Sean's not for, here right now, but uh, Orlando fi- suck it pretty much. Five teams fighting for two spots. Oh wait, let's put the two teams that'll probably fall out in maybe like a Charlotte or an Atlanta. Wow, well, it's it's up like, for discussion for sure. Absolutely. Like you can't you can't discard. But the Pacers got the way better this offseason. Yeah, that's so. the thing. I, I don't think you can outright give Toronto the the number two overall because of the improvements other teams have made. And really, Toronto. I think they're going to be the of, best team in the. I feel like Toronto again. stayed even. I don't think they lost. Like we said, they lost Ms. McBiombo, mm-hmm. but they got Yakupertle. I feel like that's a great fit. It gives them maybe a little bit better offensive, but maybe a knockdown on the boards. But look. Across, other than that, stayed pretty much the same. They picked up Solinger, good fit. I don't think they really improved their uh, team on a level that just clearly they're the number two in the East. I well, don't think that's there yet. And I don't think they had to. The big thing for them was keeping was keeping their guy. Yeah, making sure he doesn't go to yep. L.A. And then it was, okay, Bismack, you're walking. And it was basically, do we figure that out in free agency or do we go into the draft? They got the draft, didn't do... Anything free agency wise that was bigger than that. They got Salinger in free agency. Well, I'm saying like the the big free agent oh, to yeah, take no, over no. Yaka Pertle so he'd be behind that. Right. But before we piss off net fans, we gotta mention them. Jeremy Lin signed with him. I guess that's that's a I good love deal. Jeremy Lin. Well, so I love Jay Lin, but the Nets I mean, are, are still trying to rebuild from their attempt at going for it all right a few years back. Fell on their fucking face. And for, unfortunately for the Nets fans, you know, you saw some pretty crappy basketball over the last couple seasons. They could have had Jalen Brown. They well, could have. <laughs> they could have Chris Dunn. Let's so be what? They traded yeah. They traded one of their best players, Thaddeus Young, for uh-huh. a first-round draft pick. I like that, though. I liked well, them they, getting they, back into the draft. So they, they drafted Chris LeVert, right? And Potential. He, so there's a lot there. But injury but, questions. Sure. There's questions. That's why they got him at a discount, man. Mm-hmm. There's no way Chris Levert would, or Karis Levert. I, I can't Ka- say his name. Did I say, Karis, did I say Chris Levert? It's, it's Karis. Yeah. God. See, we, we got you, Mike. We got thanks. you. Yeah, but, but anyway. No, no, no. no. There's no way he would have fallen that far. <laughs> yeah, without the Six, injury. seven combo guard who can shoot the three. Four years at Michigan. Very experienced player. You know, he could probably step in right away in, in Brooklyn. And if they decide to start him, I think they should. Might as well if you're the Nets. <laughs> You know, just just let him let him play, let him show you what he can do in, in the NBA. And if you're the Nets at this point, you just want to be able to kind of reload and rebuild for next year. Mm-hmm. It's Brook Lopez's team. I mean, it's really they feed the beast down low. He keeps them in games as much as he can, which is kind of counterintuitive to what the NBA the is traditional now. Which NBA is a now. Guard, it's right. a guard league. It's well, a guard league. They, that's why they went out and got Lin Sanity. Shoot the three. It's a guard's league. They is got Lin Sanity out there. Six seven guard though, like. Oh yeah, if if Levert stays healthy, they, they they got a steal, and they got Bogdanovich coming off of a great performance mm-hmm. in the Olympics. Look, uh, I mean, this is a team who's going to be at the bottom again, unfortunately. But they've got uh, outside of Levert, Whitehead and Yogi Ferrell, guys who could contribute. I mean, this is a team that, like the 76ers, we're going to see a lot of playing time for guys who aren't necessarily starters. Mm-hmm. They're going to spread out. They're going to find out. Look, we're going widespread net. We'll catch something good here. And I think they have that chance. They've got a couple pieces here and there, though. I think three years, four years down the road, this team could start to form a semblance of a actual chance. Uh, yeah, they, just they need they need draft picks. They need yeah, draft they, picks. and that's so what you need. Like the whole Boston trade. Brook Lopez that they is going to be gone yeah. at some point for draft picks. You know they're going to they're going to get greedy. Well, the, it's not going to be greedy. It's going to be a hey, we need draft picks and basically you. Scoring, Thanks for carrying our franchise, Brook. But yeah, uh, you scoring over twenty points a night. Your detriment to us getting it. a high draft pick, but. <laughs> As we kind of wrap up this divisional segment of the podcast, I want you guys to tell us down below what you think about the division as a whole. If one of your favorite teams is in this division, let us know what you think. And ultimately, who do you have winning this division, basically being the best? Because 
although the division winners don't count anymore. It still you, matters right if here. You, if you win the division, odds are you're making the playoffs because no shit. you're going to be one of the top four unless a division just rolls and have all their teams make the playoffs. Unprecedented. However, we're going to move into... In go the ahead, NBA, Mike. You, you don't win the division, or you win the division and you have still a chance not to make the playoffs. I like, how, I like how it used to be. You win your division, you get a top four seed. However, there's that one team... That could do better than a division winner to yeah. get a top four. Unbelievable! Whatever. Like I, I like I like that, but they got rid of it. We're gonna move on though. Into we've got two, three of these left. We've got six mans today. Next week we're gonna be doing coaches, which I don't think wow. I don't think we're gonna do full coaches. I think it's gonna be more of a top well, ten of coaches. It's going. To, what I'm thinking we'll probably do is on the website we'll have the full list of coaches, but we're only, we're only the, yeah. Talk there's about there's top a lot 10. to talk about. I there. can't yeah. even imagine like the, the six man ranking. The six mm-hmm. man was hard. Like, yeah, it was brutal. We're just gonna. Talk. I think coaches might end up coaches organization. It's hard to separate those because you the know front the front offices. Lot of yeah, like Hoiberg mean, top ten or what? With, with, oh with yeah, the you bowl, know us. You gotta put Garpax in there. Garpax numero uno. The but. We're going to be looking at six men today. At the end, we'll kind of take our rankings and kind of see who the best team is going to be this year based yep. on our rankings. But let's start off with some guys that th- these rankings were hard. They're fucking they hard. They were oh, hard. Yeah. And it wasn't, well, first we had to get through the milestone, not the milestone, the hurdle of who's the six Designating man. Designating the six man who's per team. Who's the six man? Because and of course, we are using real GM. Yeah. Please don't get angry at us. Real GM. Go look and, at the site. And here's how we did it. We looked at real GM. If it was <laughs> guys, oh, did you? Well, section hates if, it, us. if it was guys that they played the same position, the guy who was higher on the depth chart so, trumped the so, other. Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm sorry, wait, sorry. Wait, wait. I just wanted to I ask you a question. I just want to get ahead. this out. And then if they were different positions, we looked at a combination of stats versus how many uh, minutes, minutes played, they played impact. versus how many minutes the guy above them played because if he didn't play as much, that kind of shows into how much time they're going to be on the court. And we tried to come up. I think we got a, a solid list of 30. Mm-hmm. Now what's your question? So I just it, wanted to get to We're not there. basing the sixth man off of the play, The first player off the bench. We're no, talking about we are not. the most productive player yeah, we're, we're trying, off the we bench. We're trying to it's find the most productive. It's a combination of minutes played, most productive, mm-hmm. biggest okay. impact to their team. Yeah, we got it. And you guys can see the full. Thanks, Chief. We got it. <laughs> you guys can see the full rankings down below in the description. Go rankings, over the rankings. Go over to mostvaluablepodcast.com. I, I want to start with a group of five, or a group of four guys that are, they're kind of younger guys, and one of them is one of the guys, he was hurt last year, and we've got Dougie McBuckets from the Bulls, mm-hmm. Myers Leonard from Portland, injured last year, only played 61 games, Tyler fucking Johnson, who cashed in. You got the big contract, show me, show me what you're working with, young kid, and then Frank the Tank, the sophomore, Kamitsky. Mm-hmm. Dave, I'm going to let you start. Who do you want to talk about first out of those four? I love Dougie McBucket. So you think this is going to be a breakout year for I him? I really do. I, I saw a lot of good out of him last year. I think he is improving his game. He's getting more confident in his shot taking. And with this Bulls team, come on, you need outside shooting. Someone's oh, going to yeah. step up. And this yep. man has the chance with four guys driving to the lane. Well, that's the Hoiberg, Hoiberg offense, right. right, Rankin? Right. And you know what? Uh, that's a really good point, bringing up Dougie McBucket, because... I, it, we saw the transition from Thibodeau to Hoiberg, yeah, and that was probably the greatest gift McBuckets could have had. Oh, absolutely! Was working with Hoiberg instead of uh, Thibodeau because obviously McBuckets can't play defense, but no. he'll shoot the lights out. And we saw that he was able to drive the lane and actually he can throw down. He could throw down, and he works down low. He, he, and he's a solid shooter, obviously. But what yeah. I want to argue is Bobby Portis. I know, he, Bobby. I just want to tell everyone Bobby Portis was the guy like. I didn't hate Dave for saying let's go with Dougie because I love Dougie McBuckets, love Creighton, but I was with Mike. I kind of wanted to put Portis. I just feel like the production the Portis is going to bring well, in his plus second Taj year. Well, Taj is getting traded, right? That, well, we that can was, assume. Hopefully, that's the counter argument that hopefully. there's a chance <laughs> Taj will be gone from this team by mid year because some playoff contender needs a defensive stopper. Unless we're in and the rebounder. race, unless we're in the race, yeah. and we believe Taj is a part of the future, <sighs> yeah. but then he walks. Bulls made moves yeah. to be a playoff threat, so that gives me the idea that they're not going to trade Taj unless we do so miserably right. early on. Right. That it's like I mean, okay, even if they did, we, we're fooling ourselves a little bit. 
his here. front office wouldn't make the trade. So, I mean, I'm just going to put that away. So, P- I'm going to consider. Had a, he had a really good season. And what like, Portis was that. doing, uh, he he shot the ball a lot. Like, anytime he had the ball, he's like, all right, well, well he's not going to pass. The biggest thing anyone said to me where I was like, man, Portis looked good. Yeah, he should look good. He was the oldest one out there. All right. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. He was the second year. Yeah. The Bulls had the oldest summer league team. Yeah, the Bulls looked good. Yeah, but they were the oldest team in summer league. Oh, the summer league. Yeah, they should have won the summer league. Thanks for just killing my hopes and dreams. Go ahead, Mike Rankin. Thank you, Ricky Whitmer. <laughs> I really like uh, what I saw from Portis because he gradually started playing mm-hmm. more minutes last season. I think, you know what, McBuckets, I love calling him McBuckets. Dougie. I just think he's going to have a huge impact on this on yeah. this Bulls team, but I think Portis is going to be more productive as a big man, especially since we're weak in that He regard. just fits us. McBuckets just fits the system's needs right now, mm-hmm. and I think that because Portis and Taj are similar players, Taj obviously better defensively, Portis better offensively, they're stuck in that struggle back and forth. Meanwhile, look, Doug can sit there and just sit back at the three-point line, watch people drive all day, and just jack off up pick, shots. Off a pick and roll, he yeah. can take a shot. Like I just, I feel like he has the best opportunity on that team to be the difference maker, Stress to be that impact floor. guy. Yeah, no, definitely, especially since the position he plays is... You can make an impact like in that way. What about Tyler Johnson? Tyler Johnson's the guy I want to talk about. Only because... Boy got paid. And that's... I'll tell you this. The only reason Tyler Johnson is on this list, boy got paid. Basically, it's a... He got paid oh, into the six-man role. <laughs> oh, oh. You, you want to be the six-man? Here's your money. Show us what you can do. Yeah. And this year, I'll be honest, I don't think he's going to do that great. I don't think he's going to be that well, great. they lost Dwayne Wade. Yeah. So more opportunities. Are we expecting him to come in and be D-Wade? Oh, absolutely not. Nobody's saying that. Really? But I'm just saying really? he's got more opportunity to shoot the Thanks, ball. Thanks, Skip Bayless over there. I, I don't think, like, I think that we're overhyping. It's a running joke. The man. Ma- yeah. I, like, I just didn't understand the I fact. don't like the Dallas Cowboys, though. I he, actually he, don't like yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I'll be your Shannon Sharp, I guess. Never Jesus. mind. No, never. You, 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 don't, you don't talk enough like this to be Shannon Sharp. Yeah, I tell you what, Ricky Winmere, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> Tyler Johnson right now. But back to Tyler Johnson. I, yeah. I just feel like... <laughs> The guy didn't start enough. The guy didn't play enough. Yes, he's going to play more with D-Wade not being there. I just don't think he's the answer. I think you overpaid because it's like, shit, wait, we're we're in a big dick contest with D-Wade. We're letting him walk because I get Pat Riley doesn't want to pay you for what you've done. It's what you're doing right now. But it's like, oh, shit, we can't lose this guy. Let's just give him the money. I don't what? know. I don't know, man. I don't think do that's think, the Mike? thinking there. I, I think Tyler Johnson showed enough last season to give – I mean, they wouldn't give him the money – yeah, he didn't earn it. But. Conceivably, you know. But, I mean, obviously. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the teams made some interesting moves with the funny money. But, uh, look, Tyler Johnson, it, it is. It's We've seen a little out of him. He looks like a confident player. And I think with the lack of offensive threats on that team, he has a good chance to get a lot of stat stuffing this year. Played thir- in 36 games last year. Averaged about 24 minutes off the bench. Yeah, that's Had about... Good. 8.7 points per game, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, two assists, yep. three rebounds, yep. shot just around 48% from that's, the field and 38 from three. That's that. that's the point. And now that. look at now look at their stud steal of the draft, you know, player that they got out there next to him. You're talking about your Joe, favorite player. Your Winslow? Yeah, Kevin. He, he didn't play that well. He mm. had a, he had a rookie season that mm. I had him overhyped. And I'm not saying that the Heat are going to go anywhere this no, year. No, but I, I think Tyler Johnson's going to be able to put up a solid performance out there, and I think he's going to grow into this team uh, better, perhaps, than uh, Winslow. I, to me, I'm on the – like, I, it's going to be – he's going to average, obviously, more than he did last year. Obviously, because he's going to play in more games. Yeah, I think he, his play time will minutes. probably instead of like 24, it'll be up to like 29. And look, I think he'll see more scoring opportunities because of Wade not being there. So – he becomes that true spark off the bench for this team. They've got Whiteside who can take over down low. He he is a freak oh, of yeah. nature. But at the same time, you got Bosch also. So you got down low covered. Who Bosch said this week he's ready to go. I know. He's Goran Dragic, I love. Should he be, though? Yeah, I'm afraid for his he life. He said he was good to go last go. year and the year before that. Uh, of course he's going to want to play. But he, like, says, he says he's all good, He gets to elbowed go. to the kidney. He's Look, dead. Dragic is a machine, and everybody, all the talk out of Miami from mm-hmm. them is that everybody loves to play with him. Mm-hmm. And I think that Tyler Johnson is going to benefit from oh, playing with sure. a veteran like Dragic. Before we move on, how about the last two really t- quick? Frank the Tank, a little bit lower on ours, but yeah. the one thing that's going to be interesting with him is how is he going to play without Al Jefferson next to him? Right, and I think that's I think that's a huge perk for him. I think it, we're going to see a lot more out of Frank this year. 
or the complete opposite where yeah, he's just going like, to be he like, needs he's that exposed. Guy. He, he needs he that be guy in the paint year. because he's a floater out to the outside. I mean, yeah, they, they, they have Roy Hibbert, but it's can Roy Hibbert he, Literally the, the worst thing? center in the NBA, oh, statistically. But let's have LeBron James go right to the fucking cup. Game one in Indiana. Let's just have him take home field advantage away. I know I'm going back. The man a disappears. You remember how much of a stud Roy Hibbert was? Yeah, and then he went to LA. No, early with Indy. Before he disappeared in the playoffs and had that mm-hmm. like zero 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 performance. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, no, I think Kaminsky, he's either gonna thrive because now he doesn't have Al there with him. They also got Spencer Hawes. I hate that man. <laughs> because of his time. The seven sixers, yeah. I never forget. <laughs> they got they got their centers are Zeller, Hibbert, Hawes. I yeah. think Kaminsky got a nice wake up call last year. His first season in the NBA. And, you know, it's obviously a different game in college. But well, he, he was able to play his style like, in college, and he was dominant. But well, in the NBA... In college, because the guys weren't... Like, in the NBA, they're bigger, faster, stronger. Of course. In college, he was able to run the court, shoot from three, manhandle them down low with his back right. to the basket. In the NBA, it was, oh, shit, I can shoot from three, but... These guys down low, I, yeah, I can't I mean, just go in. Even on his own team, Al Jefferson's just, got like forty pounds yeah, on you. I just can't like <laughs> go in and back them up and then turn around, fade away like I would do in college. Mm-hmm. So to me, I think with Frank the Tank, we're going to see more of a. He's going to become more of a stretch four, yep. stretch out to that outside I, and yeah. get your boards That's and fair. That's fair. shoot from the outside because he does have a sweet shot. Also, he's a kid from the Illinois area. Always got to throw that in when we talk Frank the Tank. But before we move on, Myers Leonard. Playing some more games this year, do we see yeah. him maybe take the starting role from Plumlee? See, we, I, yeah, I expect him to. We, I think. we put him, we we decided between two players, and Leonard actually won only because of that fact right there. You feel like he's going to be productive enough because what he averaged twenty four minutes mm-hmm. last season uh, behind a guy who averaged twenty eight. So I think at this point, and we talked about his injury concerns. At this point, his production, he's going to. He, we picked him as the sixth man. Yeah, I mean, it was him or Crab, and Crab obviously with CJ ahead of him. Mm-hmm. He, he's not going to get as many opp- scoring opportunities, but still I think Leonard has a chance to take over that role. And, and honestly, his impact to this team is probably stronger because being a standout big, when you have two thriving guards in the NBA who are both all-star quality, I think that's going to help the team more. I think you'll see the impact stronger from him rather than Crab coming in, who is a very good player, don't get me wrong, but I think his contributions will be overshadowed. Now I want to ask you guys next because this is well a guy said. this Thanks. is a guy that you guys had ranked higher than I had him ranked the lowest mm-hmm. ranking you actually had him ranked the highest. You had mm-hmm. him at 6. Mm-hmm. He ended up being at what? 9. Al Hor- or not Al Horford, Al Jefferson. Yeah, you know what? I, I got my L's confused there. We talked about Horford earlier. I, I don't know. I, I think I kind of went out on the limb on that one to be honest, but I feel like uh Jefferson in a new system, you know, what well, well, what what's the worst that can happen? Playing Honestly, with the Pacers look, now, who are a pretty good team, they they loaded up on veterans, savvy mm-hmm. veterans. Who I mean, if they can pull this shit off, fantastic job because they pretty much decide that you know what, Paul George is there, he's right there right now. We got to make the move and go for it. And they loaded up not not with just Al Jefferson, but other guys like Thad Young. Mm-hmm. They went out and load up in the backcourt, getting better point guards. I think that Al Jefferson can come in and just. Do what he does and take over down low. Well, he doesn't have to be a guy he's not, especially on a team like Playing this. Like position, you said, yeah. where it was, hey, we know what we need. We just need that veteran come play right. for us. And there's a comfort thing, too, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, playing with all these great players, I mean, production's only going to increase. Might, well, he might have a smaller role, but he can be more efficient it's, at it. Yeah, as, the, as a six man, yeah. That's yeah, but he can just, like pick, like we're saying, he can just pick his area of expertise yeah. and really hone that Another guy, we had him across the board at 13, and that's where he ended up, Jared nice. Sullinger. Oh, he, <laughs> he had a very nice season offensively last season. And now he's playing in Toronto. So, so look, had a nice season in Boston, said, I'm going to play well, that, for the team that was better than us. That's the thing. I mean, between Sullinger and Kelly O, it mm. was that, well, Kelly, defensive toughness, breaking arms, you know, being an asshat. But at the same time, <laughs> Sullinger. Dave, Dave doesn't I, like Kelly O. I just think it was a dirty move. Oh, I know. Yeah. Wow, yet again, rank, like, and I look at Kelly yeah. O. Rank I'm him, a buyer. Rank him at 15. Dave had him at 16. I had him at 21, so I had Kelly O the lowest. I'm a buyer. He's efficient. He's efficient. That's I, the thing. But look, I looked at Jared the team Sellinger, he's on and the, the big man. The, the big man have a, have Sellinger a was worth the money. I'm glad that Toronto sniped him out. Um, if we showed our personal rankings, the rookies on mine are higher than they 
You're be. always about the rookie I love hype. the rookie And here, the one rookie who you didn't hype maybe enough. Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Yeah. No, I, all Chris, caps, you had him the lowest. Chris Dunn's my height. Technically still. Oh, rookie. absolutely. And, like, we're talking about all caps. You're the one that typed these names in, so know, you put them all caps. Yeah. Don't make it look like I mean, I, 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 I had Chris Dunn at 11, and I, th- I feel like this guy, uh, in Thibodeau system. Eight. You know what I mean? Top 10. We're buyers Top 10, here. six, man. You guys are crazy. Well, the thing with Chris Dunn that I think is going to His skill set's help, so NBA well, ready. His skill set's so NBA ready. I think that no matter what Timberwolves fans say, he's a this year he's pushing Ricky Rubio out of that yep. starting role, and he's going to be the future. Yep. I, it, it could happen mid-season. It could happen end of the season. Ricky Rubio's time in Minnesota oh, yeah. as a starter Dwindling. is done yep. after this year. I That, that T-Wolves team is just going to be... So fun to watch this year. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. one of those things where it's like you look at them play. They may not be a playoff team, but they may be just a decent team. And you look and you go, I can't wait to see them play next year. Or they year. like fifth overall in uh, 2K? Because I, oh I believe they're higher than that. I mean, look at uh, Could be. Carl Anthony Towns' Instagram for the exact ratings as he had it posted there. But, yeah, I, was, I Dunn was the one I was high on. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. the one I was high on. I mean, you guys heard me hype up Joel Embiid earlier during our uh, Atlantic talk, but this is a guy it's a who team has a that chance. He's on though, too, like, are they gonna like the Sixers? To me, are a question mark. They're a question mark, but that means everybody's gonna get time. Assuming he stays healthy, he has a chance to be an all-time great at his position. Give me that potential. That that is potential through the can roof I say, right now. Can I say this? It's the Sixers are kind of like the opposite of what we're thinking about the Bulls. The Bulls, it's kind of like. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean that's they, 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 oranges, they could though. they could be good with all this veteran talent. No, but I, I we're very not optimistic be. about this season. Whereas it's and you say apples to oranges because it's more youth that, on the Sixers I think, side. I think the Timberwolves and, and Sixers so are a much. better comparison because you see two teams who built differently. The Timberwolves went out and obviously their big mm-hmm. thing was well, you they know they lost KG. For... They ended up gaining some younger players. They start building around. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of guards until they hit with Rubio. And, and then they make the K Love trade K-Love for Wiggins. For Wiggins, they have Cat, and then it just keeps. They building. basically dump Bennett because yeah. he shouldn't have been the number one. Pick. Oh my god, that was probably one of the best flops ever. Uh, but no, it, they they have a team who built like smart, and they got you mm-hmm. know each guy for a different role. And then they get Thibodeau, and then they get Thibodeau to come and just kind of mold them from these young you know mm-hmm. players with so much potential into fantastic NBA standouts. And the other side on the Sixers, you've got a team where. Fucking best man available every year. And yep. what is it? It's a big man three straight years. You know what? So. Let me let me just throw this out because we're kind of getting there anyways. This is a question Sean Anderson likes to throw out when we do these rankings. I'm going to give you a list of, we got six guys here. Yeah. You tell me which one of these six men are going to be in your top five. Kay. Could get into your top five next year. We've got Rodney Hood, yes or no? Mm, no. I love Rodney Hood, but no. Can't do it. Lou Williams. No, he, he's a limited player, and I think his role is only going to get smaller. With uh, with our boy coming in number two overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And this is one that comes with a grain of salt because it's the Nuggets, and we didn't know this was one we could put one way. We could go with Jamal Murray, but Will Barton. Will Barton, I think he had the stats to earn it. Jamal mm-hmm. Murray's all hype, no, and I know you want to go. I know you want Jamal Murray. I did. Barton, I did. Yeah. I love Jamal but Murray. Bar- Barton's a good contributor. I just I don't see him being a standout guy. I think he fits his role good. He fits the team well enough, but not. He's not going to do too much. And then the last three, Jamal Crawford, Chris Dunn, and Jared Jack. Any of those guys getting in? Boy. I'm a buyer on Chris Dunn. Don't think he's top five. Uh, Jamal Crawford. Jamal Crawford for that Clippers team? I, I would say yes. To I think he, see, I think I got him on the way out. I'm kind of like... I would I, say yes. I'm surprised. I'm going to say Jamal Crawford, and the reason why I'm saying that is if I go to find him on our spreadsheet, Dave had him 12. Mike had him nine. I had Crawford at six. He's a, so he's right outside he's my a top five player. already. He's just a, he's, he's just oh, a he's, score. He's still a gamer. He still comes off. He's the most brings reliable it to, Brings it to that man. team. What about what he does for his team, though? One of the most reliable six men in the league. Absolutely. <sighs> 100%. He, reliable, lockdown shooter. Yes, but he, he only brings scoring. Sure, but that's, shoot, all, that's what you need. Yeah. But that's Is all it really he, all you need from a six man? Well, wait, wait, wait. wait. In, not, in the Clippers. A, and here's the thing. It's not what you, all you need from a six man. But this goes into what we talked about with the centers. That's what a Clippers. That's what the Clippers yeah, for the Clippers. Man absolutely, needs. absolutely. Off the bench, you're getting uh, what is it, eleven points a game, mm-hmm. something like that. I take that all day. And you know what? You give up ten on the defensive side. Okay, that's see, that's the thing. Jamal Crawford. <laughs> sure. He he he's got length. He's a good. Scorer. Fourteen points last year. So even but better. Than impressive. You said. 
But no, I, I just I see him as too limited of a player. I see better guys out there who can do it all around, like Chris Dunn. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm just Chris a Dunn huge, over Jamal Crawford. I'm a huge week. Jamal Crawford fan only because of his impact on why the Clippers are always. Oh usually no, competitive. you're absolutely right. Yeah. but I think Chris Dunn is a can be a better rounded player after one year of playing than what. Jamal Crawford contributes this year. I think Chris Dunn will end up being like stats across mm-hmm. the board. Right. Offensive, defense, passing. Like he's got all the tools it takes to be a legit star. How about we end this podcast just kind of talking about our top five right now? Okay. And you guys could you guys seen the rankings on mostvaluablepodcast.com, but I'll give you the top five from five to one. Ish Smith coming at five. We've he's got a homer Sean. Favorite. Sean Andre oh, living star, living dollars, <laughs> Dave like to call it because Dave. <laughs> They're one man. Dave man. didn't want to put Sean Livingston or Andre Igudala on the article, though it's going to say Andre Igudala. Then we've got Enos Cantor at three, Eric Gordon at two, and Eric Bledsoe mm-hmm. at one. Bledsoe one feels like cheating because he's a legit <laughs> starter. Rankin, I well, yeah. Rankin and or not Rankin, Bledsoe and Gordon are kind of both legit starters. Mm-hmm. They could start right. on most teams. But I want to start with you, yeah. Mike, because you were the only one. Me and Dave had Bledsoe at one. David Cantor at two, but yeah. you had Cantor number one. I had a very that's a very fair point to put Bledsoe as one, only because right we saw what he he's in the Suns, correct? Yes. One of the one of the guys who is one of the most productive players there, and he honestly is should be a starter. Well, the only reason he's not right. starting, he's got fucking Brandon got Knight in front of him. Yeah. Right, that's the of, thing. Of uh, guards, they got about uh, nine of them from Kentucky. <laughs> if, you, if I'm not wrong, there. Like I said. Throughout this podcast, I'm a big, big man guy. Especially You're big com- on the bigs? Big on the bigs, especially coming off the bench as a six-man. Enos Cantor on this OKC team, I feel like, is going to have so much value. Uh, we, we saw him uh, in the past coming off the—I mean, he, he started at points, right? But really, he wasn't getting consistent minutes. But in OKC, I feel like he's going to have this opportunity now to play with a guy like Russell Westbrook, and that's only going to benefit him. Mm-hmm. And he's going to—really, I think— Offensively, he's going to have put up career numbers. Uh, and then moving down the list, Eric Gordon, I had it too. Lockdown shooter. I mean, remains to be seen. Enough he, said. On the, in the, on that Houston team? Are yeah. you kidding me? You need scoring. 130 a night, I think. But uh, what's interesting is you had blood, like blood, so you had it four. Yeah, because I like Ish. Okay. Okay. So we all. I think, I think I've spread the like the word of Ish around to this group. <laughs> I don't know. I had Ish at nine days, and then I ended. So I, didn't that. I, ended I ended my list with Igadala only because of his. Um, well. Obviously, the Golden State See, Warriors are unbelievable. Iggy, to me, is the tough one. Because if I run through just my top four, I put Bledsoe and Gordon. Statistically, he's not well, there. Well, Bledsoe and Gordon, I put right. one, two, because they're legit starters playing six-man role. And with three, four, Iggy Cantor, it was one of the things, yes, statistically, Iggy doesn't jump off the page. No. But it's one of those things where I looked at and I took the a phrase test. that you used last week. He yeah. passes the eye test Absolutely. in that system to where it's like he fits that yes. team six-man role yeah. so well to where it's like you think of the Warriors rotation, you think of whoever the starting lineup is. Oh, First guy Andre off the bench Iguodala. is Iguodala. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And, but, I mean, he won a finals MVP right. for being a six-man on point. that team. You actually nailed it. You actually took the words right out of my mouth. It wasn't the stats. It usually I don't do that. Right. Much. Usually yeah. we're always, like, <laughs> on the opposite ends of the like, spectrum here. Chandra Levendala is one of the best <laughs> six-men in the league. You can tell he's practiced that. How, like, I, I <laughs> yeah. fumbled with it a little bit. I looked at Dave's, the name. Dave's been saying That's it. That's because I was prepping it. Look. <laughs> I looked him up. I was like, who is this guy? You guys should have seen it. In the pre-podcast talk, they would go, let's do it for him. You say it first. What? Chandra Livendala? Andre Igudala. Chandra Livendala. Andre Igudala. <laughs> and this is what I, I was mean, doing. I was just... Look, Livingston is one of those guys who has taken his career back, and <clears throat> I, I am so happy for him. And he has come out of Another the woodworks Illinois, in games. Our area, Illinois, Chicago area along. Absolutely. But, but the thing is, he has that ability to step up in games. And kill it for this Warriors team mm-hmm. when guys like Steph aren't maybe hitting it, or you know maybe we see a little quietness out of Clay Thompson. He steps in there and he can be that extra guard, and he is very very good. I think he would be a starter on on maybe about ten teams in this league at point. And again, Iguodala, like you said, I, I think the thing with both of them is the stats are good, not great, but it's their impact on that team. It, it's just. You have to watch it, and you understand how much they mean to that Warriors team mm-hmm. and how much they meant to that record-breaking season well, and that late playoff push. And I also look at this. I Like, Iguodala won a finals MVP as the sixth man of that team, and then last year when he got injured, 
hurt that team so much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean it, missing impact. Draymond huge. not playing hurt a little bit, but him Bogut not having playing like hurt. that back injury, to, that back just injury. Hot, like watching Ooh. him hobble and like not Dude, being painful. able to just licking his chops over there. LeBron was like, "Oh, it's oh, over, it's and, over." And well, then, that's the and price you got, pay for getting seventy three. We got the poster moment, the statue moment yep. of LeBron pinning it against the backboard. There's Look. one six man we have not talked about that I want to end this podcast with. Okay, he is last on our rankings. Yeah. Papa Giannis for the Kings. Papa Giannis. He's who we threw in as the sixth man of the Kings. I mean, I had no choice. He's the true sixth man of the Kings, let's be honest. Well, Sean, and this is a Sean. Sean would have had him at number one. Yeah, I know. I know Sean loves I'm him. Just, he can't Sean, stop talking about Sean, him. Sean, I'm letting you know right now. We knew you would have had him at number one. That's why you put Papa Giannis on there. Gave you the benefit of the doubt. Papa, Papa Johns, as we like to call him. Yeah. Papa, Papa John's John, on there. We're going to see him step overall. up, get a lot of playing overall, time. Man. He could challenge Boogie for a starting role, I think. Uh, maybe. I, I, I will think say. it would be like game three, game four. I think maybe. it's him and Boogie like maybe, edging maybe each other out. Maybe even after the first half of game one. It's okay. possible. Maybe. We've seen a lot of those. Are, you guys, are yeah. you guys joking right now? We're are you being guys being facetious? We're being no. But I had Bismack at 29, and honestly, I would have put him at 30 if Papa Giannis wasn't at 30 for me. I had Bismack at 30. Yeah, so. the, the hatred between the Kings and Orlando, I'm not sure which MVP sports hates <laughs> I just more. Don't, well, it, but, uh, it goes to the point where Look at the money that they dished out to get Bismack in Hawaii. He played like t- he, he played 10 productive games. He even. played a playoff series. He, he played a playoff series, mm-hmm. and he showed up. Uh, yeah. he, uh, good numbers for that, uh, but during the regular season, meh. And uh, yeah, the dude's rebounding machine. Defensive, defensively okay though. Yeah, you know, I think 29. they. <laughs> I think they stand uh, a nice improvement for their ten uh, man lineup down in Orlando. Yeah, and oh, we'll I... have to see how that ten man lineup kind of uh, resurges itself or resurges whatever. You know, yeah. What, what are they I'm doing to trading Oladipo too? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. I uh, have well, no idea. Well, questions for Orlando fans uh, that uh, I can't wait to hear the comments section. Yeah, I mean, we already talked about Orlando, but thank you guys for either watching or listening. To the fast break this week. I want to thank Dave for always being here. I want to thank Mike. Always being Rankin. is that weird to say about and me? Not anymore. <laughs> At first, it was like two years off. You're finally on an onside kick for the first time in two years. But Mike Rankin stepping in, yeah, filling in for thanks Sean as me and you kind of switch places as I uh, took the hosting duties, so mm-hmm. you could come in. I thought this was one of those analyst. things where we're like we just like me and Dave like bash you the whole time. That wasn't that no. Wasn't it. You were here because we needed Rankins. Rankins. Perfect. Rankins, Rankins. We'll, okay. Maybe we'll have you next week for Rankins, Rankins, too. <laughs> but that's going to do it for the Fast Break Podcast. Let us know down below in the description what you think we t- what you think of anything we talked about all podcast long. Tune in next week. We're going to be going back to the Western Conference to look at the Northwest. We're going to be going to the Northwest, the Thunder, the T-Wolves, the Kings. We're going to look at of all of them and much more. We're going to be ranking head coaches as well. So I want to thank you guys. Check us out on patreon.com backslash Podcast. Check us out on mostvaluablepodcast.com for all your MVP needs. Thank you guys for listening. As always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.